Welcome to another episode of The Covenant Podcast. The Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We're on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And the title of this episode is Biblical Languages and Ministry. The content of this episode was originally a live conversation on Twitter Spaces. Uh, The conversation was between pastors J. Ryan Davidson, Timothy Decker, and Josh Wilson. Pastor Ryan is a professor of practical theology at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, Pastor Decker teaches elementary Greek 1 and elementary Greek 2. And Pastor Wilson teaches Hebrew 1 and Hebrew 2. So it was a unique opportunity to get to have three of the CBTS professors together in one conversation to talk about the usefulness in uh, Christian ministry of the biblical languages. It was our first time having a conversation on Twitter spaces, and we learned a lot. One of the things that happened in this conversation was that I was unable to hear Dr. Decker's voice the entire recording. I could only hear Pastor Ryan and uh, Pastor Josh Wilson talk to me and tell me whenever Pastor Decker was talking, but we found the conversation to be so useful in its content that uh, we're releasing it here as well on the Covenant podcast. So if there is a little bit of awkwardness, if there is a little bit of... uh, weird pauses, please uh, bear with them and be benefited by the answers that the pastors give to the various questions in this recording. So without any further introduction, I hope this conversation is useful to you as you consider biblical languages and ministry. But just to kick off this conversation until uh, they can uh, begin speaking and figure out the feature for themselves... Uh, I'll start with you, Pastor Ryan. Um, we're really excited for how the Lord is using you at CBTS. And uh, you are teaching many of the courses for our newest degree program. And for that program, uh, we require that Greek be taken. So what are your thoughts about this, brother? Um, why do you think it could be helpful to study Greek? <laughs> in relation to understanding how to counsel the people of God and in what ways does an understanding of the original language shape the areas that you personally teach for uh, the seminary? No, that's a great question, brother. Uh, I mean, I think in short, it's uh, by design that the master of arts and theological studies uh, with an emphasis in counseling uh, has a requirement of at least two Greek courses. And and I think the reason for that is that when we consider ministry, even the ministry of counseling, um, it's important to uh, say two things. Firstly, that um, the word of Christ is uh, our foundation for that. Um, And then secondly, but related to that, is the idea that to to rightly utilize the word, it's... um, it's worth a study of the languages in which that word was originally given. And it also helps us to remember that 
um, as students of the word, knowing those original languages, in this case, Greek, is particularly helpful when we think about how to, to encourage people to look to the word and put passages of scripture together in the counseling room. Um, and so while, you know, I would encourage a biblical counselor to be diving into the biblical languages in the midst of a counseling session, I do <laughs> think it's important. It's an important statement that is made that the languages are important uh, for our own education as we learn to study the word. Yeah, and um, I think that's wise that you said that we shouldn't necessarily uh, dig into the biblical languages in the counseling room. Um, but for you in uh, your specific area of study, Pastor Ryan, in your specific area of teaching, um, what have you had to study in the original languages in your degree programs as you were receiving training? And uh, how have you been benefited by that, brother? Well, I'd be interested to see if, uh, if our other brothers have their thoughts. I mean, for me, the biblical languages are a, a lifetime study. Uh, I don't, I don't like I've ever, I will ever finish in this lifetime to, to learn about uh, Greek and Hebrew. I mean, in, in my seminary training, I, I took both languages. Um, in my doctoral work, I've utilized uh, Greek or had connection to Greek more than Hebrew, just given that it's kind of related to early church kinds of things. Um, but I, I would say my predominant work in the languages has been just weekly preparation for sermons, even beyond counseling. Um, mm. uh, and I, I think it's been very helpful for me to consider uh, getting into the grammar and syntax of the New Testament writers and seeing how they have utilized, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that that language to convey the, the word of Christ. I mean, there's more that I could say, but in short, it's it's been it's been crucial in many respects for me. Mm. Uh, Dr. Decker, I'm going to have some specific questions for you, but if you were able to uh, hear Pastor Ryan's comments, do you have anything to follow up with there? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I think I was still trying to catch everything, you know, on my phone to get it to work. So I'm not sure I, he I heard all that Ryan had to say. So I don't know that it should uh, fill in anything right now. <laughs> but uh, I'll begin uh, with my questions now that I had for Dr. Decker. And though I won't be able to know when he's done talking, maybe somebody else can indicate that to me. Um, Dr. Decker, as you know, uh, maybe our listeners don't, you are uh, one of our Greek professors at CBTS, uh, Professor Amadi, is also one of our Greek professors at CBTS, and he was unable to join us today um, because of some scheduling things that he had. He's actually a number of hours ahead of us uh, here in the United States. He has a Wednesday night Bible study happening about right now. Um, but you are one of the professors at uh, CBTS for Greek, and so... I want to ask you just a shotgun of questions here. One of them is obviously why study biblical Greek? And uh, in just a moment, I'm going to ask the same question to Pastor uh, Wilson. Why study biblical Hebrew? But I'm curious to know in what ways does studying Greek differ from studying Hebrew? And to learn and maintain Hebrew and Greek at the same time, since CBTS requires that you study both of these languages for the degree program. So what are your thoughts about this? 
Well, um, th there's so much there to ask. Let's see here. Uh, which one do you want me to start with? Why study Greek or? Yeah, Dr. Decker, I, I don't think Austin can hear you, but we can. So I would say maybe, yeah, start with that one. Why study Greek <laughs> and then maybe the differences between Greek and Hebrew. Okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> the study Greek is because that's the language that the New Testament was written in. And I, I've likened this before to uh, our English translations. Many of our modern translations are wonderful translations. They're very uh, accurate and effective but you're still reading it in, in a different language. And so that would be similar to watching, um, like watching television uh, or maybe liken it to watching old VHS. Uh, those of you who remember what those are, uh, very grainy and uh, the picture is not as clear, but then when you up, upgrade from even, not even DVD to Blu-ray, things become crystal clear. Uh, so, you would you would learn Greek because it clarifies many things, but I also have to warn students that learning the languages like Greek or Hebrew is not a silver bullet. It's not as if all your answers are are found within the language. That can also be a, a mischaracterization of learning the language. You also need to realize that uh, a great deal of of context of theology is is part of the process. And so it, it's not just a silver bullet to solve all the problems, but it does help you visualize. It helps you to see more clearly what is going on, to see grammatical, uh, syntactical thrust, uh, things that are being emphasized in the language that you would not normally see in English or other languages. So the, the simple answer is you'd want to learn it because that's the language that it was written in. And um, as we have said many times to the sources at Fontes. And so we'd want to go back to the source to uh, know as accurately as possible what was actually written. As far as learning uh, Greek over Hebrew, Hebrew over Greek, or I'm not sure which was the, the question that was kind of phasing out on my end as well. So I don't know if Austin or Ryan or even uh, Dr. Wilson could, could answer this as well. Uh, if you want to rephrase the question for me. I think the question, brother, was maybe some of the differences in uh, not so much the two languages, but in learning the two languages. The next question for Dr. Decker was, in what ways does studying Greek differ from studying Hebrew? Yeah, so I, I think because familiarity with romantic languages, many, many people have taken Spanish, Latin, Italian, some kind of romantic language that familiarizes uh, a student with Greek already, whereas those, those students who have not had any kind of language background, they tend to find that Hebrew is a little bit easier. There's more uh, consistency, uh, they, they understand the patterns a, a bit easier. And so I, I, I've seen that, although I think 90% of the time I've come across people that said learning Greek was easier, but it's usually because they've had familiarity with romantic languages. Uh, one of the things that people get afraid of when they come across Hebrew is that the characters are different. You, you read it right to left and they think that their brains will not adapt, forgetting who it was that created both language and their brains, that God has created our brains to do this. And so uh, those, of, those of you students who have taken Greek, taken Hebrew and other languages, you realize your brain adapts. God has, has 
major brain to to not even really see the letters as characters anymore but just to see the language as it is and so i think if we trusted our creator to uh to facilitate what you know what he has created us to be able to do in terms of language then we would have a lot less fear and trepidation um Tim, Dr. Decker, um, the last question that Austin wanted to ask you at this juncture is, do you have any advice for trying to maintain both of the languages? Both the languages. Well, it's like riding a bike. If you don't use it, you will lose it. And if you find yourself more proficient in one language over the other, then certainly you would want to uh, stay in those languages, stay in the text. Uh, right now, I, I have the opportunity to be preaching through the Old Testament, and so uh, I'm constantly in my Hebrew, just staying in, in the text that way. And so for my private worship, I'm reading my Greek. And so when that time will come where I preach through the preach the New Testament, I'll switch in for my private worship and read through uh, Hebrew. However, um, this isn't to say that your private worship should solely be given over to uh, original languages because you still want to be able to, to hear God in your, your native tongue, and that, that is an important feature. But uh, the, the easiest way to keep up with your, your language skills is to use it every day. Uh, some students, it's just a matter of translating one verse a day just to keep you at it, and others can do uh, you know, more than that. They can uh, become more proficient in reading the text. They can watch videos. There's online videos, Daily Dose of Greek, Daily Dose of Hebrew, Daily Dose of Aramaic is coming out soon. And so there, there are uh, ways to keep you interacting with a text, but uh, the, the best thing you can do is do it yourself. Get into the text, translate it, read it, and uh, keep using it for your sermon preparation. And that, that's the main thing, using it for your sermon preparation. I, I can't tell you how many times I've come across students, not my students necessarily, but just pastors in general that they took Greek or they took Hebrew because they had to for their program. And they, they actually admitted to me that they never use it. I was, I was struck by that. May, may it not be said of students from CBTS that you learn these languages only because you had to, not that you need it. Um, it, it. It's a vital part of sermon preparation to see the text outline itself, to to catch word plays and, and syntactical strategies that the author is using. Nothing else, it makes sermon prep a lot faster too. I don't have to read nearly as many commentaries because I'm in the text and I'm seeing what exactly what they're going to tell me anyhow. So it speeds up sermon preparation uh, a great deal. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Decker, for your answers to some of our questions. Uh, we do want to get uh, Dr. Wilson in on the conversation. We're making some pretty good time here and our goal of having a 20 to 25 minute conversation. But uh, Dr. Wilson, uh, since Hebrew was given to us first in the historical order of special revelation, I'm curious to know, uh, in your estimation, which of the biblical languages uh, people should begin studying first, uh, Hebrew or Greek? Um, I'm curious to know whether you think Hebrew or Greek is more difficult and if that plays a role in which of the languages should be studied first. And what do you, what do you enjoy about Hebrew? You're our Hebrew professor. Why do you think uh, Hebrew can be beneficial for 
ministry. So hopefully I can, I can hear you. So if you need to have the questions read to you again, I can do that for you. No. Uh, well, yeah, I may need them read again. Cause I, I, I'm sure I'll forget one of those questions as I answer them. Um, but I, I was going to say that, um, daily dose of Aramaic is actually out. And, uh, there's also daily dose of Latin as well for, um, uh, people who are wanting to go that route. But, um, uh, I would, uh, in, in teaching students, I would say that, um, one of the great deficiencies that several students bring to language studies is English grammar. And um, I, I was one of those students when I took Greek in college, I didn't even know what a direct object was. And uh, Greek really helped me to improve my English grammar. And so as that improved, my Greek improved. And so <clears throat> that being said, uh, Greek is much better for getting better at English grammar and improving in Greek grammar than Hebrew is. So I would recommend for any student um, to take Greek first, especially if they have a deficiency in English grammar, because you don't want to be trying to get better at English grammar in Hebrew. Uh, it's going to be very difficult. But Greek and Latin have been used... Uh, in in pedagogy for teaching English grammar for centuries, um, so that would be my recommendation uh, as far as what what to take first. Uh, but you know something uh, Dr. Decker had said is you know everybody's brains are are unique to them, and and so there are some people that that can just uh, they they can just have a quick grasp of language. And um, and they could do Hebrew first, uh, but it's not it's not common that I've noticed when I've been teaching uh, the languages. Um, as far as for pastoral ministry, um, I think one of the greatest benefits of of knowing the language is is to be able to protect the flock. <laughs> and what I mean by that is. Um, there are, I mean, the world is filled with false teachers. And I remember one time when I had just become a follower of Jesus, uh, going with a friend because his sister uh, had been talking with Jehovah's Witnesses. And I remember going to that meeting to kind of meet with her and meet with them to help her from being uh, ensnared by these Jehovah's Witnesses. And they pulled out the Greek which I didn't know at the time. And I, I just kind of felt like maybe they're right. I don't know anything about Greek, but they seem to, and their arguments seem to be sound. Um, and this is, this, this is a technique that false teachers use all the time, uh, taking their limited knowledge of Greek or Hebrew and using that to try to persuade people of their, their heresies. And I think it's important for a, a shepherd of the flock to have a good grasp of the biblical languages so that whenever any of his congregation comes into contact with these false teachers, and we even have one in our area that posts to Facebook and will try to convince people using uh, a limited knowledge of Hebrew or Greek of his heretical positions. You know, if they come to you, then you, having been trained in the languages, 
um, are able to protect them from those false teachings. It would be very bad if they came to you and asked, you know, what, how should I respond to this person and their statements about Greek and Hebrew? And you just say, well, I don't know Greek or Hebrew. Um, so uh, I can't remember the other questions, Austin. So you may have to refresh my memory. Yeah, yeah. You, I think you answered uh, most of them. But one of the questions that um, maybe you sufficiently answered it, or maybe you want to say more to it that I'm curious for, to hear you answer is, um, in your estimation, which of the languages is harder to understand? You kind of uh, said that you think that Greek should be studied first because uh, many people don't have an understanding of English grammar. So this may be my follow up question to you. Does, do you think that that means that um, Hebrew is harder to acquire for English speakers? Or if you were to assess both of the languages, which one do you think is more difficult to learn and why? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I, honestly, I, from my own personal experience, uh, I would say Hebrew is harder to learn. Um, so I took, I took Greek in college and uh, even though I was very deficient in English grammar, I was able to pick it up very quickly. Uh, and then the same in seminary, you know, I was able to run with it. Uh, I took, after having, I think, two years of Greek in college and understanding it very well, I had one year of Hebrew in college. And that's all they offered uh, where I went at Missouri Baptist University. And um, I, I still after that one year, just had a really difficult time understanding Hebrew. Uh, and it wasn't until uh, I went to seminary, had a very good professor um, who had a very helpful grammar uh, that I was able to finally uh, get a good grasp of Hebrew. Well, I'll give uh, Pastor Ryan and uh, Pastor Decker an opportunity now to respond to your co your comments there before I ask my last uh, wrapping up question. So do you brothers have any follow up to what Dr. Wilson has been saying? I'd like to ask <clears throat> Dr. Wilson, that, that, I don't know if you get this question a lot I, I get is if you only got to choose one language, one biblical language to study, which one should it be? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, and then I'll I'll share mine after. Well, um, wow, I, I think I could say. <laughs> well, there here's 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 one thought: is that Hebrew for sure, because three fourths of the Bible is written in Hebrew. Uh, but at the same time, if you study Greek, it gives you a leg up on understanding the Septuagint. Uh, but that's still a translation of the Hebrew. But um, if you could only choose one, who would ever be limited in that position? Maybe, maybe financially, I'm not sure. But, but I would say Hebrew just because uh, you have more of the Bible written in Hebrew. I, I usually agree and tell people the same thing. And I tell them, look, I, I teach Greek, but if you only had one language to learn, you need to learn Hebrew. I think there's more uh, exegetical pay dirt to be had in Hebrew than there is in, in Greek. You know how people study language looking for some kind of sermonic nugget that they can share. Well, if there are those sermonic nuggets, uh, you're going to find them more so in Hebrew, I have found. Um, 
but as you said, uh, three fourths, I might even go so far as to say four fifths of your Bible is, is Hebrew. And so it would serve you much better to, to, if you only had one to, to make it that one. So I'm glad we're in agreement. I would just add, you know, to the conversation um, only that, you know, we, we talked at the beginning about how in the uh, counseling program, we have one particular language in our case, it's, it's Greek, uh, but whichever language it is, one of the benefits for someone training for counseling and the using of the scriptures in um, in counseling ministry, one of the benefits of studying language is that studying languages makes you slow down with the text. And um, it's helpful as a person begins to study and to slow down with the text, particularly when sometimes uh, in counseling sessions, you know, you may be dealing with a verse or two. I think studying the languages helps to increase your knowledge of how texts fit together in larger contexts. So, you know, some may say, why in the world are we doing uh, two semesters of a biblical language and a counseling program, but I think that that's part of the benefit at our at our CBTS counseling program. Yeah, thank you guys for that. Um, I want to wrap us up by ask, giving you all an opportunity to answer a question, um, which I think wraps us up well because it's kind of where Pastor Ryan began us, and he said in the beginning of this conversation that he really views the study of the languages as a lifelong pursuit um, or something to that effect. And many of our students at uh, CBTS will come and they'll be under the intensive study of Greek and Hebrew, and they'll sit under a few lectures of biblical Aramaic. And maybe when they graduate, it can be tempting to uh, stop intensively studying the language and gradually lose the languages. Uh, Professor Amati gave us some statistics uh, with Greek and Hebrew about the vast majority of seminary graduates who quickly lose their Greek and Hebrew and either never take it up again or uh, aren't as efficient in understanding the language as they once were. So my final question to the three of you are, do you have any practical tips or practical pieces of advice to uh, continue in the pursuit of studying the languages for the rest of our lives so we don't lose our facility in the biblical languages. Uh, Austin, I'll just go real fast. These other two brothers probably will have more helpful uh, information th than I will. I mean, I will just say that, you know, I think carving out time to, um, to practice, to, to look at it, you know, currently, um, and I can't say that I've done this for, you know, decades, but currently in the mornings, you know, I try to translate um, in the New Testament, you know, a verse or two through a book of scripture. That's kind of what I'm doing as a part of my routine. Uh, I, I think I have a stronger facility in Greek than I currently do in Hebrew. So I'm trying to, to study again um, uh, over this year, the, 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 the language. So I think just using it, getting into it is helpful. Yeah, I'll, I'll just echo that. Um, it's, it's a tool that you have to use every day. Um, uh, it, like, uh, like Dr. Decker had said before, um, if you don't use it, you lose it. 
Um, so what I do is I have a, um, a, a to-do list, an everyday to-do list, and I alternate each day between trying to read a chapter in Hebrew and trying to read a chapter in Greek. Um, and so that's, that's how I try to stay proficient with it. Um, I think what can also be helpful um, to not only stay proficient in the biblical languages, but to get proficient in the biblical languages is to use some of these online resources um, where they are trying to get you to learn the biblical language um, in a, uh, like, I, I can't think of the term, but it's where uh, you're, you're practicing just speaking it. Or Living language or, approach. Yeah, the living language approach. Um, so like, I think Biblingo does this. There's a YouTube channel called Olive with Bet. I think there's a, a Greek one as well that's similar to Olive with Bet. Um, but just watching those, and, and those, they're like 10-minute videos, watching those every day. Like, as you, as you listen to the, the language being spoken, and then you start to read it, um, you'll get more proficient at reading the language rather than translating it in your head as you're reading it. And I think that helps increase proficiency. Mm. Uh, I don't know if Austin can hear me, but I'll, I'll jump in real fast too. Uh, one thing that I have found very helpful when I uh, am reading, like I mentioned in, in private worship, and I think Dr. Wilson was saying something similar, is finding a good reader's Greek New Testament or reader's Hebrew Old Testament. These are uh, original language Bibles, but they give uh, words that are not used so many times. You, you can only learn so much vocabulary in Greek 1 uh, through 4 and Hebrew 1 through 4. And so uh, words that are used you know, 20 times or less are given to you at the bottom. So when you come across them, uh, you are able to, without having to crack your own uh, lexicon is just right there for you. It makes reading a lot easier. Uh, the Tyndall House Greek New Testament came out with one I thought is probably the best readers uh, Greek New Testament out there, especially because it, it goes through a lot of irregular forms. Uh, a lot of students uh, they they hate the what's called the second aorist and um, and and all the irregularities that Greek can have. And I just tell them to look at all the irregularities of English and then then come talk to me. But um, it, it gives you a lot of those helps uh, along with words that are used, you know, 20, 25 times or less. And it's been a wonderful way to make sure that you can read quickly through the through the original languages. I don't know if there's anything like that, quite like that for the Hebrew Old Testament. I know they have readers Hebrew Old Testament, but I don't know if it's done by the same publisher or not. But I, I would say if you're going to invest money into something like that, uh, you you will want two different kinds of of original language Bibles. You'll want the, the standard uh, academic one, whether it be the Nestle Allen Greek New Testament or the, uh, the uh, BHS uh, for your uh, Hebrew Old Testament. But I would also say invest in a good reader's Old Testament and a reader's uh, Greek New Testament. And I think Zonervan put one that has both uh, Hebrew and Greek together in one fairly large uh, a volume that you can take with you or you can uh, you know, have it for your morning worship. The last thing I'll, I'll say about how do you keep up your language? Well, you, you need to keep your biblical languages, especially you you guys who are in seminary. And, and even if you've gotten out of seminary and you're pastoring now, I want, I want you to think of your, your training as a, 
a, a precious tool, uh, a power tool even, something that you spent a long time sharpening. Why would you let it get rusty? Why would you let it get dull? You'd want to keep it sharp so you could continually use it. I think it was Abraham Lincoln who said if he had four hours to chop down a tree, he would spend three hours of them sharpening his axe. Well, you've spent how many years in you know seminary sharpening that axe? Why would you then have a wonderfully sharp, razor-sharp axe and then let it dull? Well, you wouldn't want to do that. And so, likewise, we would also want to uh, encourage you to consider the uh, retaining of, of a biblical, biblical language as something you'd want to keep sharp. And uh, it's too precious to let go. Uh, so, so don't give up on it. Well, I want to <clears throat> thank all of you for joining us in our first ever Twitter Spaces conversation. And special thanks to Pastors Ryan, Timothy, and Josh for joining us to talk about the biblical languages and ministry. Uh, Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary has a vision to help the church to prepare men to undertake the full range of pastoral responsibilities that they will face in serving Christ and his kingdom and to equip Christians for effective service in the church. And we really hope that this uh, conversation about the biblical languages and ministry have helped accomplish our mission in a small way. Uh, thank you all for joining us in this conversation, and uh, we'll be posting it soon, Lord willing. Grace and peace to you. God bless.